This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by Apartments.com. And if you're looking for an apartment, you know, there's you should get in touch with what it is that you can get most excited about. Maybe that's an apartment with a balcony mm. or windows that face a sunset. Oh, I mean, if you're really gonna get into thinking about it because you are gonna live there. Hardwood floors in the kitchen maybe. Mm. Well, apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. They have powerful tools like amenity filters to make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need like in-unit washer dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. Oh, did you say balcony? Did you say elevator? Some oh. people love a good elevator. Or save searches. You can favor the listings that stood out to you so that you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. I, I like the idea of like one of those things that's usually on top of a barn that says what direction the wind's blowing. Oh, a wind uh, thing, thing. With a rooster. Yeah. Yeah. That. Visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Red. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are celebrating 10 years of good mythical morning. It's a yeah. show that we make other than this show. It's on a uh, platform called YouTube. Apparently we've been making it on that platform for 10 years and uh, last week we did a, a, a celebration week on the show and we're capping that off with a lengthy discussion. A retrospective. Looking back on the length of good mythical morning. Cause you not Ten years. length. <clears throat> link, could you what? not use length? However, we That's have confusing. established that your porn name would be Length Neil, right? <laughs> Did we? I, I don't know if we've ever said that publicly, but uh, we discovered that at some point. Well, how did you discover this, Rhett? Uh, this is getting I, it weird. Would, it, no, it was a conversation. It was a conversation amongst friends, I believe. Or, I don't know, maybe it was, you probably know it may have been on Good Mythical. I think it happened at, at this table. Really, Link I Neil think, was so. born at this table. So um, my idea—I've done some homework here. I've looked back. Well, let me let me just give you my perspective on what you told me because we were getting yeah we were gonna do a, a retrospective episode, and you know we actually over the summer we did the retrospective episode of two thousand episodes of GMM, which happened over the summer, and so then we're like. I, we're gonna do the same thing. So we're trying to figure out other ways to talk about this much GMM without dipping back into the same conversation. Yeah, and, and, that, and, well, and so a lot of conversation about fan evolution in that episode. Right, and uh, so he, we were talking like, okay, we'll think about it over break. And so then when we got back, you said, well, um, I, uh, I kinda went back to the beginning and started looking at titles and thumbnails just and to jog then, my memory. And then I just went through all all of them, all 10 years worth of them. And you yeah. were like, and it took a, and made notes. And you were like, and it took a lot longer than I anticipated. I was like, yeah, it's over two, I mean, you could have like. I didn't realize that two, I was signing myself. 10 episodes in, you could have extrapolated and done the math length. And yeah. It, and <laughs> figured out how much length this was gonna take. I felt like I really, you know, I owed it to us in reminiscing and celebrating what we've what we've done, what we've gone through 
and what we've created and, and what's evolved. Oh, I'm Good glad you did it. I'm glad you over the years. I just you want, didn't call me and say, "Could you start from the end and meet in the middle?" You just let me uh, worry about other things. Well, it was just fascinating because I mean, with ten years, at a certain point, the show is just—it's a staple. It's a part of our lives. It's something that we we go to the desk, we enter that zone, and we, you know, it's. It's there's a rhythm to it that it can kind of wash over you. Like I'm a little self-conscious when we talk about Good Mythical Morning because I know that Mythical Beast, when you experience it as a viewer, it's different than how we experience it uh, creating it. And we don't, we got to a point where we don't go back and watch it after and, the and fact. And also, many, many years register, ago, we stopped doing that. And I think you probably have picked up on this as we've talked about the show over the years. The moments don't register with us in the same way that they register with the audience. Be yeah. Because um, it's, I don't know, it's kind of overwhelming for us in that it's just like, what's the craziest thing you've ever eaten? What's the craziest thing that ever happened on GM? Do you remember when you did this? I was like, when you pointed what's out- What's your favorite like, episode? Yeah. But like when I'm going to bed at night, my mind is not filled with memories of the crazy stuff that we do on the show. Um, it has to sort of be like, called out. So I have a I have a feeling that when you go through these things I'm going to be like, "Oh man, we did that?" Yeah, we did that. I would probably I wouldn't have thought about that again if you didn't point it out. And I I was particularly fascinated with how the show has evolved like remembering things that we tried. You know, because we have this oversimplified idea of what the show has been and certain, you know, there, there there's a Reddit post talking about the certain eras of mm -hmm. Good Mythical Morning, and I think that, that they presented like five different yeah. eras. If you go on Reddit and just search GMM eras, it'll come up. But yeah, I ended up don't going go through. To, don't search GMM errors because that's a different Reddit. Yeah, we don't want, we don't want to get exposed in that way. So I think it would be fun for me to go through episode like what's what's the word I'm looking for notable episodes. Like it's, so, it's, it's not the most memorable or the most successful episodes, but it's just notable episodes along the way that said, "Yeah, we, we, that's part of that's part of the DNA of Good Mythical Morning, even if there's stuff that we don't do anymore." Okay, and and it might jog your memory in other ways. Um, I'm also a bit tired this morning. We 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 had a little. We had a party with a with with a friend last night. <laughs> stayed I stayed up past my bedtime. Yeah, yeah, eleven thirty. We, we caught up with we ended an at eleven thirty. Old friend, the three of us, and it's, that rarely happens. Well, while we were together, um, there was a point. I believe it was nine p.m. when your phone. Well, we were. I was playing. Music we were listening at to the music. Creative House. Uh, but your phone at nine p.m. began to play a Spotify playlist that was unbelievably soothing. And that we were like, whoa, okay, it's a hard this is, turn. This is a mood change. And Link was like, um, this is my bedtime music. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like sexual music. I'm talking about sleepy time, like make you go to sleep. Bedtime music. Like meditation sleep music. Begins yeah. for this man at 9 p.m. And he's only 43. When you're 73, you're gonna be you're gonna eat at 3 30. <laughs> Yeah. You're gonna eat at 3.30 and you're gonna go to bed at 5 p.m. 
Well, like you know, there's you're so gonna much, go to bed when the sun goes. There's down. so much emphasis about sleep. No, you I, know, like I said last night, I think you're analyzing our entire. Sleep. You're making the healthy choice. I I envy you in many ways. I'm not proud of going to bed at eleven. I I think I get adequate sleep, but I think you get more sleep, and I think it's probably you're gonna live longer because of it. But apparently, my sleep is not of a quality. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about this. I, let's save this for another episode. It's okay, like, let's analyze our sleep patterns. We're, we're, yeah, 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 yeah. That's trust a, me, I've been through a lot of that, episodes. That's of a good we idea. Delay that's it. a good idea. My point was, you know, we spent last night reminiscing with an old friend, and now it's like we're continuing that. Two old friends good, reminiscing good, about what we good did. Good segue. January 2012. It's it's hard to believe. Like, I mean, over the course of the week of celebration that we just did on Good Mythical Morning with a lot of special moments. If you haven't seen all those episodes, hey, go back. It's like we were surprised by a number of those, the videos and uh, it makes me super grateful for for what we've been through but. Can, can I, can, uh, one of the things I'm seeing right now is I actually see a video in, in, in de- December 13th, 2011. Yeah. That's called You on Good Mythical Morning and it's us at our desks and it's a six minute video where we are basically, I think, fielding videos for the Wheel of Myth, for, for the, uh, yeah, whatever we people say at the, let's talk about that. We were asking people to tell us, let's talk about that. So that, so it was at least a month, ahead, well, a month ahead of time, we already let the audience know that Good Mythical Morning was coming. I didn't, I haven't seen this video, I've never thought about it in 10 years and here it is. I think, is it, is it unlisted actually? No. It's not unlisted. Hmm. Is it? No. Because you're logged in, that might happen. But yeah, well, I mean, we when we started this thing, we we've reacted on the society to the to the first episode. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But like, the thing that I noticed was that my voice was still in a place where I was kind of talking. I was kind of talking like this. There was, and I think it was because we were restarting something. I. I'd like to think that I got into more of a rhythm with Good Morning Chia Lincoln, that I was speaking a little more confidently, but did, I didn't. Did you go back and see I didn't, that? I didn't have the heart to go back and see. But I will say, very quickly, as we were doing Good Mythical Morning, I changed. So I got to a point where it's like, you know what, I'm saying something and I'm speaking at volume. <laughs> but, but it was, you know, I'm very self-conscious of like the, what I felt like was a rough start for me. Well, you know, we we uh, better to have a rough start than a great start and then fizzle out. The though. reason that we both at one point talked very quietly when we did podcasts was because the very first podcast we ever did was in this little office at the the, the Campus Crusade headquarters in Apex, North Carolina, where we didn't <laughs> couldn't disturb anyone else as we were talking, right. and so we had to be very very quiet. And I think that maybe that just stuck with you. Uh, and you forgot that there was no one around us. Like when we started doing Well, Good there's Mythical a difference Morning, is when you speak at this volume, you're speaking to an audience versus you're speaking to one person. And it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to find, you're trying to find the right zone. But you don't speak that, I just wonder if you spoke that way in regular life because you don't speak quietly now. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Under any circumstances. It's, it's more of, like developing a, an on-camera persona behind that card table. Right, but what- And but, re- I think getting, like I said, we had done the Rhett and Link cast, the live show for over a year, then we did the Chia Lincoln thing, and you know, I think it was more of getting reacquainted, but I'm glad that 
I quickly got up to speed. And then I'm also glad that uh, that we introduced puppets. Actually, that didn't happen until season two. So with season one, it was like we were doing best evers. Um, we also went to Texas and we shot a couple of episodes. You talk about talking quietly. We did like 20 worst tattoos ever, which that video oh. performed really well. We did that inside of a tattoo. Yeah, when we were making the, because we were still, we were making commercials for local businesses still. We went after, uh, after Commercial Kings, we went back to doing that. What episode was that, what number? 108, 20 worst tattoos ever. We were both talking quietly because we were like self-conscious. Yeah, I'm. All, if you put me in a situation where I feel like I might be offending someone or making someone else feel uncomfortable, that's when my personality changes. And then we, do, we did take a break, to our credit, we took a summer break even after season one and we did that thing called Retinlink Vault where we were like, hey, we got some old videos, maybe you haven't seen them, we're gonna, we're gonna contextualize them and then uh, you're yeah. supposed to rewatch them. We, we were thinking about taking breaks but still keeping content coming over the summer. And that, I mean, that was a smart move to say this is not gonna be every single day forever. You know, as we talk to other creators now, we we still very much say, if there's a way for you to set up how you work on things so that you can look forward to your own creative breaks, so you're not obligated to to keep churning stuff out with with no breaks, that's a, that's a smart move. And, I, I'm uh, glad that we did that. And also at the time, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, we had not yet, Developed any sort of block shooting schedule, which you know we've we've revealed. Oh hell no! We've revealed the secret uh, about that about how we don't sh come in and shoot every single day. But at that time we were, so you had to, you were coming in and shooting every single day in season one. So if you didn't take a break, there was no vacation, there was nothing, you know. And I definitely re remember there were times when it's like, and if if we would sit down to do an episode, and they were, I mean, they were. The the concepts were very loose, and it was like, okay, you're gonna. I assume you're gonna bring something. I'm gonna bring something, and we're gonna try to make this thing land around ten minutes, and we're not gonna edit it. So there's this there's a push and pull, a creative tension between the two of us. Of okay, you. Used, I thought you were taking over at this point. I thought you were bringing this perspective. We had to work through that stuff. And there's no saving it with an, with another camera mm -mm. or or a jump cut. I don't um, know when the first jump cut in GMM. History was or the first edit where something was hidden. I don't, but it, we might have didn't I, happen much, if any, in the first in the first season. And I remember there were times when it's like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this. Let's just let's just take a walk, or let's let's not do it. Let's get some lunch. We'll 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 shoot two in a row tomorrow. Yeah, we never lost. We never, or, or we would start it and like one of us would be like, you know what? We'd stop like five minutes in and be like, yeah, this is it. We're not to the thing that we said we were actually gonna talk about. Let's start over. That would happen every once in a while. And then there'd be this risk of it, the other person reacting as if they were being critiqued. And it was the dynamic there, it was, it was touchy, right? Cause it was like, you both have to bring your best and feel confident and you gotta feed off each other. And yeah. if, if anything goes a little wrong, I mean, we avoided as much as we could, but there were definitely times it's like, okay, abandon ship. It's like, I can tell that you're getting frustrated with me because I've done something, said something that's rubbed you the wrong way or vice versa. 
you know? Yeah, so I, I, I remember that, was, that. It would happen, but it was pretty rare. Well, Jason was there. At yeah. least without a, a third person there, like we would have been sunk because I think those moments would have happened even more. It's like you tend to be a, on a little better behavior. But I, we, you know, but we were committed to the concept of of continuing the show. Oh yeah. So I don't. Oh yeah. I, so we would have figured it out. But the other thing that we were we were doing, um, that I feel like is, you know, there's the. What has gotten us to this point in our career is just this combination of good fortune and timing and great help and some good instincts. But one of the things that we did is a choice that I'm very happy that we made is that even though we didn't have a production schedule per se, we weren't, what most of our peers were doing at the time is they didn't have a they didn't have regularly scheduled programming, right? Yeah. So what happens is, is because you don't always feel like making things. And so when you're talking about this scenario, if we were doing this hand to mouth thing where we were coming in and we were filming and then we were posting when it was done, which is pretty much what everybody was doing at the time and pretty much what everybody still does in a lot of ways. Yeah. A lot of people still do it. It gives you this out. Well, and then you're just like. Because there's a fear of like, if I commit to something and then. But not only that, if you don't feel like doing it, you say, okay guys, you go on Twitter and you say, guys, the video is gonna be late, or so, so sorry, no video this week. We've never done that in 10 years that I can remember. Yeah. It, That's right. It's like the season, it's like this is when the season is, it's Monday through Friday. There's been a couple of times where an episode either got pulled down for some reason or whatever, and then we made another, put it on the mm -hmm. society, or I actually saw early on in season one, like a few episodes in, there was that, because of what was happening with some internet legislation, we did like a blackout and we didn't do an episode that day. Yeah. But, there, but I think because we didn't give ourselves that out, that's right. one of the reasons that 10 years later we're looking back at 21 seasons. Yeah, season two, August of 2012, that's when we introduced Time Rangerers. <laughs> I mean, those the, we still have the puppets sent by a mythical beast in our likenesses, and then so that would be within an episode, but it wouldn't be. We talk about something for a little bit, and then we would. But we put them in the thumbnail, ongoing, and there was no. The the scripting was extremely loose for that, and I just remember that you remember the catchphrase. Uh, give me a second. I didn't watch any of these videos. I just. This has just come back to me. We would say it, we would say it together. Yeah, we were horrible at puppeteering. It was our version of like to infinity and beyond or something. To the time, it was like something about the time machine. To the gazebo. To the gazebo. The gazebo yeah, was yeah, the, the time gazebo machine. the gazebo was the time machine. And I think Time Rangers to the gazebo. might have just been a mispronunciation of Time Rangers in the first episode, I don't know. Well, based on the thumbnails and the, the associated view counts, puppets, not a strong choice. We did best ever Fridays. Wow, people hated uh, puppets. People hate puppets. Uh, episode 37, how to make someone sound like an idiot. So th th this, was, this was an early important episode for us because mm -hmm. we talked about like the Darwin Awards and, and there were, so we talked about the thing that won and then we talked about another thing and then we talked about the speech jammer device that you could point it at somebody, it's in the thumbnail, but like we, we said, hey, we can do this ourselves using the delay within GarageBand, and you listen to yourself talking on a delay, and you sound like an idiot. 
And that was absolutely hilarious. But we waited until, I don't know, seven, eight minutes into the episode. Half the episode was over. Before we actually began demonstrating it because the first half of the episode we were talking about the these those inventions, right? And and like the research side of things. And we've told this story at some point, I'm sure, but uh, a, a good friend and manager of ours at the time was, we were talking about that episode and he was like, hey, um, and this was this was actually like a year after the fact. Yeah, this is Dan. We, we were we were talking about kind of making some like we were evaluating GMM, and he was like, you know, yes, like we said we wanted to put sponsors in. We had sponsors a slot for sponsors from the beginning, but we were like, well, we need to be making more money doing this thing. So like that's why we were having these conversations with Dan. Yeah. And he said, you know, my favorite episode is that is the speech jammer episode, and I send it to people, but I always have to when I send it to people, I say. Fast forward to like you know seven or eight minutes in when they start doing this, right? And then it, it was like, well, why don't we make the episode about one thing, which was typically what we did, but we were it was a sort of a reevaluation of what we were doing. It's like if people are clicking on this because of this expectation, we want to deliver on that expectation, and that was a pretty I think we were that was we, a pretty significant mind shift for us. Yeah, and we. I think there was a little bit of fear in it because we would plan an episode and we'd be like, we gotta make sure that we can fill the time. What if, you know, in real time? So we're gonna save this thing that we know is gonna be funny for a little bit later so that the episode is full. We didn't have enough confidence that like, okay, you take one thing that people wanna click on and then you flesh it out. It's like, now we gotta throw other things in first to make sure that we can, we can break 10 minutes. Yeah. And once we made that shift and said, you know, no, you have a good concept, you lead with it, and you flesh it out, that that certainly helped the product drastically. I mean, one of the things I'm noticing in just looking at these old thumbnails and the associated views is there's an incredible range of how low it can be and how high it can be. Right? There's yeah, the, there's a psychopath smell test where we're wearing blindfolds. Episode thirty-eight, which has got five point eight million views from nine years ago, and then you know there's the puppet episode right next to it. Well, over the years, people have gone back, right? It's just and cherry picked ones that I think resonate more with where the show ended up going. Well, I feel like, like I psychopath can actually, smell test. I feel like I can actually look at these thumbnails without the the view counts and be uh, pretty accurately predict which ones perform well now that. 10 years of all this data of how people respond to titles and thumbnails, it was just so experimental at the time. We we had, yeah. and the feedback, we're looking at 10 years of collective feedback on these videos, nine or 10 years. Yeah. And so you see this like cumulative effect of like, no one cares about gladiators versus puppets to the tune of 273,000 views, you know, next to a six million view video. It's just And then we wrap up season two, with episode 86, which was a Christmas special. So, oh, yeah. you know, even though it was our, it was the first year of the show, it was not, it was still a side project in a lot of ways. It's like, we gotta, let's do something. I mean, we're not, we're gonna take a holiday break. Let's do a special. And we threw all this stuff at it. Julian Smith was in that. It's got 575,000 views, which is pretty low for that for that time, which it, again. It was, and it was a lot of work, it how, was, how long it was is 28 that? minutes, um, but. It was special. I, I think that it w the decision to make that special, 
and make it 28 minutes and make it a variety show was what led directly to the mythical, the show. mythical show. You're exactly right. That, because that's we had, why we decided to do the mythical totally show. Totally on our own, we had, just, we, we had done this and it was like, well if we can do it, we can do it again and, we, and, and people liked it. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure ready RAV4, available with all wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So, visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Season three, uh, well, January 2013, episode 13, do you remember we tried something called newsicles? Yes. Where we would take a story, we had taken funny news stories, like somebody getting arrested over like complaining about their fries at McDonald's and stuff like that. And we would we would use those news stories just for conversation. But then we were like, let's let's toy with the format. Let's actually sing these things. To some like royal, royalty free music? Sure. It wasn't like us we playing would, guitar. We'd play, no. And we, it was, so it was a kind of operatic, talky, singy type thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun, everybody liked it, but it didn't really work. But it just goes to show you, I mean, from an early point, we were like trying to develop formats. Well, it, and again, when you look at, okay, so episode 13, Pizza Thief the Musical, just get the picture of you holding a pizza and singing, 464,000 yeah. views. The next day, Episode 14, Nutella versus peanut butter taste test, 1.8 million views. Now again, at the time, it wasn't like we were getting this incredible feedback. It wasn't like it, no. the way, you know, this is quite an operation at this point. We, we, we do A-B testing on titles and thumbnails, that's why they change early in the day, you know, and, and we've, it's become much more of a science. At the time, it was more of an art. It was throwing things out onto the internet, and also, I would say a week after that episode goes up, we weren't, we weren't learning like, hey, people are loving the Nutella versus peanut butter taste test. This view discrepancy is something that is registering over the course of a decade, right. not the course of us then making decision about our content. I mean, I will say six episodes later, Walmart brand versus name brand taste test. And then episode 29, Retinlink eat insects, which still hasn't broken a million views, which is interesting. Which in the Walmart brand versus brand name taste test has got almost seven million views. Which I, you know, and again, we, we talk about this uh, uh, quite a bit, but I, it just kind of illustrates this thing that there's this, um, what we don't do, what we try not to do is just follow, is just be, oh, people like this, and so that's what we're, that's the only thing that we're gonna make. But it does get, so we still have to do some stuff that's just for us and for the, the, the folks who've been around forever. Right. So I'm not saying we wouldn't do another musical, it's just now, it's, 10 years later, there's this mentality that like, okay, if we're gonna do a musical episode, we already know it's gonna be a lot of work, a lot of fun, it's gonna be very rewarding for us and the people who watch 
but it's not gonna make any money and no one's gonna watch it. And you just have to be like, and that's okay and we're gonna go, th- we're gonna go for it, you know? Yeah. That's what looking back on this is sort of the sort of just a reminder of the way this system works. And you know, we, we were still sharing personal stories. I mean, our experiences of getting acclimated with living full time in Los Angeles, having moved across country, uh, our kids, our wives, making the transition, we would share funny stories. But even over the course of season two, that started to diminish more. Because, Running out of stuff. Because we knew that like, our personal stories couldn't couldn't support an entire show forever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it's, not like episode, we're do, it's not like we're now doing that on another show, that's yeah. even longer. Episode 31, Rhett and Link are moving. Episode 32, new studio tour. So by that point, the beginning of, ep- of season three in 2013 is when we moved into the new studio. We we knew at that point we were making the mythical show because that's what gave us the confidence to start renting a space and the ne- necessity to rent a space because we were hiring people. Yeah, we hired Stevie, we hired Ben, we hired Jen, um, and we moved into that new studio, uh, episode thirty two, and we kept make and then we had a makeshift. They were building the set downstairs, which ultimately became the Good Mythical Morning set, but it was built as the Mythical Show set. Mm-hmm. And then upstairs, we would just set up the card table and working with Jason, we would still make Good Mythical Morning while everybody that we were hiring was working, working towards the, the Mythical, mythical show. show. Was that so whole like season Stevie, on uh, uh, in that space? Was he's all of season three in that upstairs space at the uh, old studio? From episode 32 to episode 60. So, and when we were up there in that space, our energy started to be um, diverted into preparing for the mythical show. So it's like, what we couldn't prepare as much for an episode. So I remember telling Jason, like, this is a problem. Episode 35, best movie theme songs. But instead of us alternating and saying what we think are the best movie theme songs, we turn it into a game. I'm not saying this was the first game we ever played, but, it, it could have been, but it was in this era that we started to gamify things because it took the pressure off of us to prepare a lot when we had to devote that type of energy to the mythical show. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Episode 46, Most Amazing Optical Illusions got 22 million views. But episode <laughs> 55 and 56 were both games, cartoon theme songs games, greatest April Fool's game, you know, where one of us will quiz the other or Jason would quiz both of us. And it was, yeah, it was. So games kind of came out of necessity. It was an efficiency thing. It was was like, yeah, again, uh, we're gonna digest all this information and have to spit it back out or just perform and react. But it wasn't that we were thinking, you know, games will be fun. It was like, no, we we need something that takes the pressure off. Games can do that. It, it moves up the, the prep, the writing, if you will. It, it kind of started to convince us, because Jason was an editor, and maybe he would have done some research, but we never allowed ourselves to think that like we could ever hire writers. But then you're like, hey Jason, we didn't think write of, this game. We didn't think of And all of a sudden show, we have a writer, we just didn't know it. We didn't think of the show as a show that needed writing. Because <laughs> when we thought about writing, yeah. we thought about scripted stuff. 
Exactly. In fact, that's still often a misconception when people find out that there's writers for Good Mythical Morning, they interpret that as, so what you're saying is scripted? It's just no, what we're doing, what we're learning about, the game that we're playing, the question that was being asked, that's scripted. Yeah, the name of the game on the title screen. Yeah, you know, right, all right, right. There's so many details, there's so much to be written when you actually start thinking about it. But but yeah, as creators, it's like it's one thing to start to entrust someone else to edit you. That's a journey a lot of creators are on, get hung up on. But then moving to a point where you can get somebody to write for you, it's like oh, you can think of it differently. It's not it's not putting words in somebody's mouth necessarily. So all of that up into episode sixty was leading up to the mythical show, which was twelve episodes. And even now, looking back at the mythical show, I'm very I haven't watched it in a long time, but um, I'm sure it's, I'm sure I'm, I'd be proud of it and it's, it, I'd be very endeared by it. And I'm sure there's a lot of things, you know, embedded in these half hours that we car- carried forward oh, yeah. creatively. I, I, we'd have to sit down and watch them all. I'm sure people could point that out. But only two of the 12 to this day have broken a million views. Again, it's just that the longer like form ten, thing is not what ten of them. After. And it, you know, that was YouTube giving us a chunk of money to hire people to make this show to experiment with longer format. And then, you know, it's it there's parallels between that and when we when we did the expanded version of GMM that comes later, GMM twenty two, that like, okay, even though it didn't work, there was an infusion of create like trying so many things at such an increased rate and figuring out how to work with a team that is growing in the process. Is, is something that then has rep, ripple effects because we kept Stevie on and then it was like, okay, good myth- we're going back to Good Mythical Morning and it needs to be part of your focus. Good mythical sh- the mythical show, which was your focus, is going away. But I, I, I kinda, I, I remember the mindset going into the mythical show, at least as I was thinking. I was very excited about the mythical show and I th- there was a big part of me that was thinking, if this works, this could be what we do instead of Good Mythical Morning. Oh yeah, right. Because again, I I was more excited about we didn't we there was no plan to go back to Good Mythical Morning that I can recall. I, I was super excited about this this high level of this just there's so much creativity just put into one particular episode, and there's a music video, and there's a sketch, and then there's a game. So it was a little bit of everything that we could do, but pretty early on, it became clear that like wow. Again, there's this weird thing, the the feedback that we're getting, not, and I'm not talking about the quality of the feedback, I'm talking about the quantity of the feedback. Like some people who are, who, who, are, who love what we, we do and love all the creativity are like so excited about something like The Mythical Show, but you can't, like we couldn't have kept, like we couldn't have, first of all, YouTube wasn't gonna give, give us any more money for that, mm-hmm. but even the money they gave us to do that show wasn't sustainable, like the business would have just like completely gone under if we were like, let's just keep making that show with the, that money that we're getting from YouTube. Like it wasn't a sustainable business model. But there was a little yeah. bit of this, ah man, we put this thing out there that felt like it was, creatively innovative and oh, okay, well, I guess we'll, we'll we'll go back to talking to each other at a desk every single day. There was, to me, there was a little bit of like, ah, really, okay, okay, that this is, this is what you want from us? You don't want us to do this incredibly creative stuff? 
But also yeah. the thing that was happening, and I, I, listen, I don't wanna, I, I've sh- my mind has shifted a lot over the years on this because I didn't appreciate at this stage eight years ago, I still had not accepted the fact that this medium was very different than traditional media and that it was much more about connecting with people. And one of the things that people were appreciating was not that we could write a great song or you know, do something funny as, as a sketch. It was that they're like, I like being with those guys and being a part of their friendship and seeing them crack each other up and seeing them laugh. And yeah. that was the experience that was comforting people and entertaining people. And it's just a mind shift. It doesn't mean that we don't do uh, have all these creative aspirations. It's just now we kind of understand that there's a certain place for those that's probably not going to be a half hour YouTube video on our, the Good Mythical Morning channel. Um, but this was the that was the first sort of like throwing this thing out there, thinking that maybe this will change everything. Maybe we'll have the first ever really popular half hour comedy show. It'll go. It'll be like the Carol Burnett show, but it'll be on YouTube and it'll go for ten years. No, that's not what happened. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls Makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. So we went back in fall of 2013, leading up to season four of Good Mythical Morning, we made that Weekend Sucks ad, you know. Soren. When when Good Mythical Morning is not around, the Weekend Suck. Uh, episode one, which is the 275th episode overall, we had we were on the new set, we had altered the, Good Myth- the Mythical Show set to be the Good Mythical Morning set. We started saying, let's talk about that, and we moved the the wheel, the, the fan videos to be for the wheel, spin the wheel. That was all that part of a, a a really focused evaluation that involved Stevie. Yeah. Uh, of like, okay, we're changing the way we're producing it, we're, we're applying this team, but I was also when Stevie began to, she turned her attention, which she had, she had not really been involved at all creatively with GMM. That after the mythical show, she turned her creative instincts and producer instincts right. on to, to to GMM, and so the three of us were sort of attacking this thing. And we had we we had a few writers at the time. Yeah, yeah, and we 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 kept uh, our, our writers on board. Um, actually, that's not true. We didn't we didn't have any writers yet. Besides, hmm, I'm pretty sure we didn't because. This was also when we, sta- the we started Good Mythical More with season three, but it was on our website. So we were still doing, so we're when we started to- at season three, but we had it at retlink.com. Yep, 
we were we were trying to get people to go to our website, and that's the only way you could watch Good Mythical more. Episode four was a spicy pepper challenge, and Ben, Stevie, and Jason and Jen all came on during Good Mythical More, and I was like, "This is the whole team bonding experience where we're, we we impromptu brought them on camera and made them eat the the peppers." Yeah, and so it was just kind of like something that happened, and that's why I think that was the extent of our team at the beginning of season three, episode twenty seven. Six legal things that should be illegal. So this is we were doing these list episodes. Like, okay, if BuzzFeed can do all these clickbaity stuff, and there's all these clickbaity listicle titles out there, all over the internet, we're basically capitalizing on that. Yeah, and we were, and, and, and we it got, was really working. You got eight million views for six legal things that should be illegal. I just can't, I can't resist clicking on that. It's like no one gives a shit about that now. It's like, you know, it's so, Yeah. Well, I mean, we learned that over time. That's why, that's why those lists went away. Everyone learned every list. Yeah, it's like everyone, I'm tired of this. Everyone was like, I've been, I've been through every list. There's no were, more lists. Yeah, they were click baited so much that it's like, you know, it's, I was burned one too many times with a list that didn't come through. And the thumbnail strategy at this point, I'm noticing with that episode, it just has a, a like a stock photo of a woman sneezing into, into blackness. I, what I don't see. That was a good thumbnail. Is I don't see your face going. No. Or my face going. No. I don't see that. Um, yeah, it was like this, I remember I would work closely with Jason to like figure out some sort of eye-catching Photoshop thing that was like, okay, here's a sneeze. There was a completely Ugh, isolated, self-contained strategy for every single thumbnail, as opposed to a thumbnail strategy. Yeah, it was, Which is, it was but quite that's, exhausting. That's a function of what YouTube has changed. We also started Ear Biscuits. Episode 25, we announced Ear Biscuits on season four. And we started doing Saturday Ear Biscuit promos. We'd put a video up on Saturday where we would talk about the Ear Biscuit because there was no video. And we would tell a story. But it wasn't a clip, it was it was related to the Ear Biscuit that you could go and listen to. Yeah, so like we talked. I forgot all about this. Like, yeah, in October, we had DeFranco on the show and we were talking about that and he talked about a friend of his. And so then on our Sunday episode, we spent a few minutes talking about Ben back then in 2013. You know, what ended up being an entire episode that mm. like is the most viewed on the Ear Biscuits YouTube channel. Yeah, by a long shot. Um, yeah, I just, I totally forgot that we did that. Episode 36 is when we did the hashtag war. Oh, that's Remember still, still one of my favorite things. Hashtag GMM, we took it from Good Good Morning Memphis and Good, good Morning Maryland too. Good Morning Maryland. Two morning shows, like two morning news shows that were using the hashtag GMM and we basically did a full on coordinated assault to try to <laughs> uh, claim GMM for ourselves. But the, it was obviously a publicity stunt and we it did end up getting featured at least on Good Morning Memphis. I think that Good Morning Maryland at the time like did. Somebody didn't follow through. They were a little cold towards the idea. We made some jingles for them but I don't think I'm they're... glad you brought this up because I was actually thinking about this this morning that there is, there is, a, there is a GMM out there that is really popular now. I've talked, I told you a little bit about this. Uh, it seems to be more popular than Oh, us. you're talking about a new hashtag. Yeah, if you just put GMM on Twitter. Um, put GMM on Twitter. Wait, sounds like such a dad. Look, younger GMM actresses. There is a, 
show. Uh, GMM25 Thailand is tweeting about this. I don't know where this show is. I don't know what country this show is in, but it is incredibly popular. And there's a, like a there's a huge cast of characters. Oh, it's that are on this GMM show. And we have to do something we, about I, this. I mean, I don't think we can take the, the the hashtag back, but I feel like a collaboration is at least in order. Again, I I'd have no idea what the show is. I don't have, endorse it. I don't know anything about it. So just let me be clear about that. But I just it's this. not a band. No, it's a show. GMM actresses. It's a it's a show. I'm a hundred percent sure that it's the show. Okay. But there's a, there's a, there's all kinds of people associated with it. This is I mean this is an after party, a GMM after party. We like, we weren't there. No, yeah, we it has nothing invited. to do with us. That must be fixed. Like we we need to be involved. Look, see here's this clip from the show right here. I swear if GMM won't give us another do to. Oh. I still blame time for Ringoria, not Endgame. Hmm. GMM got no manager to drive, is it? What? No. We're gonna figure this out. We'll figure that out. In the meantime, I'm gonna continue my stroll down memory lane. If you lane. know more about GMM, the other GMM and you're a fan, hashtag your biscuits. So Ironically, not hashtag GMM. Oh, so rounding out that fall of 2013, um, Episode 76, Never Wet Our Pants. That's 17 million views on Never Wet Our Pants. Yeah, episode 79, 13 million views when we got, we got waxed. We got we got waxed. So, I mean, we were starting to get some momentum here. Season five, um, January of 2014, that's when we moved Good Mythical More to YouTube. So the, the, the putting it on rentling.com was a short-lived experience. Yeah, that didn't, that, that didn't last. Episode 18, that's when we, Exotic Meat Taste Test, that's when we broke a million subscribers. Well, one of the things that I'm seeing in the numbers here is that season five, so there's like towards the end of season four, okay, this th th we're getting, some stuff is really taking off, some, some stuff is really getting traction. Season five, so seven years ago. Yeah. That's when that that has to be based on the numbers that I'm seeing. That has to be the beginning of what we called the YouTube algorithm change that we benefited from, where they started rewarding watch time. Yeah, doesn't, over, doesn't that sound about like the beginning of that seven years ago? So we're like 2015. Yeah, because we got a we got a million view, a million subscribers around that time, and then at the end of 2015, we were about to break 10 million subscribers. So for the next at the end of 2015? Yeah, at the end of 2015. We went from, so we went from one million. So that was like a course of a year, man. How's that possible? No, it was 24, two years. So over those two years. Still, that's the January 2014, we had a million subs. January 20, yeah, January 2016 is when we had 10 million subscribers. So yeah, that's when it really started to pick up. Uh, I mean, I remember the thing that I was thinking at this time is that I had always seen GMM as what I called the side project, right? I mean, that's why we put it on the second channel. Yeah. Uh, at, the same, at, this, at this time, we're still doing like sketches, music videos, and that kind of thing. But this, we all, th this was the year, that, that two year period, 2014 to 2015, is where 
GMM surpassed in anything that we were doing on the Rhett and Link channel, on the main channel, in terms of just the level of engagement and the number, at least the number of subscribers and just the fan base that was building around it. Yeah, and it was, and I think both of us were thinking like, oh man, this is this is becoming our thing. This is this is not a side project. <laughs> yeah, so a lot more focus. So much so that we were like, let's make a Hawkman trailer for a Hawkman movie that doesn't exist, in hopes that like people will care about that. They didn't really. They did not. Episode eighty two, Will It Taco? Episode eighty eight, Sensory Deprivation Tank. So it's like we we had just hatched the Will It series, and you know the Sensory Deprivation Tank was. So, okay, we're gonna go out into the world and do some stuff. We didn't do it that often, but it was a really good episode. Well, before moving past Willa Taco, it's got 20 million views now. Um, was this the, up until this point, I don't know if we had done, like the next time we did Willa after this was when? Because up to this point, we didn't see things as series. Yeah. Right, it, I, don't, it, I don't see any evidence. It was always like kind of, okay, maybe this is a slight twist on something that we did or we're playing a game, but we didn't have a title that just changed out one word, like will it taco, oh now let's do will it burrito or whatever. In so that was Cinco de Mayo. In July we did will it ice cream sandwich, that, which was uh, in the next season six. Okay, so it took us a full season to come back to that's interesting. Again, we weren't seeing like uh, it took us two months, yeah. But we weren't, and we're just way different these days. Where uh, we're constantly trying to come up with an idea that then can be a, a series because we just found that that's what people like. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's production um, considerations for that. That you get something that works, you want to do it again because the team knows how to produce that. But also, like it develops a life of its own, like the International Dark game has at this point, which I'm sure you'll talk about the first time we did that eventually. But we ha we weren't thinking about the show in that way at this time. Ear Biscuits is supported by Mountain Dew. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work. Having a blast in traffic. Okay. Having a blast while you file your taxes. What? No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, where you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you and for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so do not wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to US residents 18 and over, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15th, 2024, void where prohibited. Over the course of season five, the other thing we did was uh, Wheel of Mythicality animations. We started releasing those. And then season six, July of 2014, that's when we got our new intro with the, the column where it starts at night and like it's going up the column. Um, we still had some more animations coming out. Episode nine of season six, that's when we did the Vacay Gone Cray K? Cray K. Cray K. Cray Cray where we would reenact um, 
stories of people's vacations gone wrong, which was sponsored by the same people that sponsored uh, I'm on Vacation, the music video. It's like some of the hotel. Choice hotels. Yeah. But yeah, in that episode nine, it was also on a Thursday. That's when we would also do mail. So we started having variety episodes where we would do a we do a little something, usually usually have a prompt from a fan, and then we would go into a the vacay gone cray cray segment because we wanted to be able to sell to a sponsor a segment within an episode, but then do other things that we could use to market the episode with title and thumbnail, and we would add mail to it, and then so. Jen would bring out the mail, but she wasn't on camera, and it was in the main episode. She wasn't on camera. She wasn't on camera. Uh, we d- and we did sing the song. Yeah, Thursday means mail. Is that, and you're talking season six. Yeah, episode nine. Episode nine. Episode seventeen. Okay, because we, we still called that outrageous camping gear you must own. And yeah, because the first thing we talked about was which got five point six million outrageous views. camping gear. Again, the lists were working for us. No one was gonna click on watch us reenact somebody's bad vacation. But once we got to click with the crazy looking tents. Mm -hmm. So we were figuring out those things. It's like, if we can do a variety episode every week, we can learn more, we can do more creative things, and we can can connect with the mythical beast by like reading their mail. Episode 17 is when we went to the YouTube space and we had Daniel Radcliffe on the show. Up until this point, we really hadn't had guests on the show. We had had guests yeah. on appear on the Mythical show, but then we didn't add any guests when we went back to Good Mythical Morning, but we couldn't turn down Daniel Radcliffe and I just remember being so freaking nervous. Like, I still can't, I, I wouldn't watch that episode back. Well, and not so only that, we wanted it to, We first of all, we had this hang up and we still do have it, uh, where we were like, okay, when a celebrity comes to the YouTube space and other YouTubers go to it, it's almost like a press junket and they're just do- making videos. It For us, it felt a little cheap, right? Because we were like, man, we want our show to feel like a place that celebrities want to come and actually be on because that's what a legitimate show is. Jimmy Fallon doesn't go and yeah. go somewhere. He said, you come to a show. That had never happened, but we said that's how we would want it to happen. But the compromise was we're going to print out our set. Uh, no, Paisley actually built it. He built it like uh, oh, yeah, yeah, paper, yeah. it was like yes. paper mosaic. Yes. It was really amazing what he did. And I don't even think it came across on camera, but you, your eyes forget that we're not in front of our own set. Yeah, so we did a basically a portable set, which was a whole lot of work. Later, when we had to do the same thing it, a, another time, we printed yeah. it out. Yep. But yeah, I forgot, the first one was a literal. He unrolled the thing, unrolled. it was amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. And then we had to sit around for hours for Danny Radcliffe to show up. And he was a joy. He was a joy. He was a joy. Episode 56, that was the Carolina Reaper. That's still the thing that is more often than anything the thing that people talk about if they if they see us on the street. Episode one ten was our first weirdest eBay where Stevie oh, was really? the host. Well, okay, so Steve, yeah, wrapping up twenty fourteen. At what point did Stevie start becoming the voice of the goddess off off camera? Um, I don't know because I know that season four, episode sixty four, where we did the movie setting game which was the first time that we had 
we like, we're like, let's put a title screen on this. We still didn't say it's time for, but we called it something impromptu and like Jason made a title screen. Jason was the off screen voice for those games. So I don't know exactly when that switched, but by this point, Stevie was not only, she was, she did that on camera, what was doing stuff off camera, I'm, I'm sure by that point. So then let's go to season seven. All right. January 2015, uh, we had a new wheel with 24 spaces. Yeah. That was a big moment. Moving on I think. Up. We would have variety episodes that were they were all, they were they were still question based. So I remember that we would we would take questions from Mythical Beast and we would use those the writers would then pitch us comedy bits to do. Like someone was someone gave feedback on how I was like we took a comment about how I made Eddie eat something that he didn't want to eat and I was kind of being a jerk to him. And so they were like they were like, you were like, yeah, it actually happens a lot. And we cut to a sketch of hidden camera footage of me being a tyrant around the studio. So we were still trying all different types of things in like these mini variety it episodes. Got five million views for it. Does it, it, does, it, it does at this point. Because we called it Link is a Tyrant. We also started Song Biscuits. So this was a new thing. It was like, all right, let's not just doing an ear biscuit and having them come on the show. But GMM. that was a weekend series. Yeah, but we got. I mean, that was ambitious. That was kind of a, hey, you're gonna come on a podcast and then you're gonna write a song with us. I, w I wouldn't have said yes to that. Uh, we made it easy for people, man. They didn't yeah, have to do but much. I was like, man, that was, but that was yeah, asking a lot of people. Uh, okay, but so, yeah, and, and like you said, before that, there was the, the Wheel of Mythicality animations. Again, so uh, I'm thinking about where this decision leads. Uh, that's one of the fascinating things for me is yeah. like, that we make a decision for whatever reason we were making it at the time and then just making the decision then leads to something else. So I would say that decisions like this to do song biscuits on the weekend, okay, did it, maybe what we were thinking, I know one of the things we were thinking was, man, like we spend, we've gotten to this point where we're putting so much time into Good Mythical Morning, it doesn't really justify itself to put all this time into a music video on our main channel unless it's sponsored uh, and even then sometimes it would be weeks or months of work for one piece of content, right? Whereas we can yeah. do as well with GMM. So we were like, okay, well, we're still really good at writing songs. Let's make it something that's more interactive and, and, and quicker. And that's what led to doing Song Biscuits. And hey, why not? Why didn't we put that on the Rhett and Link channel? Well, again, at this point in season seven, there's all this traction on Good Mythical Morning. So it's yeah. like, this is the place that people's eyeballs are, so let's put it on the weekend on the, the on the GMM channel. That decision led to things like Mythical Kitchen, right? Because Mythical Kitchen, Developing before it was Mythical strategy. Kitchen, it was a weekend show, you know, where Josh would make something on the weekend, and yeah. I don't know how long that went. Yeah, I can, I can get into some of that, but yeah, for this, and it was also, we're trying to promote this podcast yeah. through, through yeah, right. Our channel that's because it was still it was still guest based. Ear biscuits was guest based at the time. Twenty fifteen, we go into the fall for season eight. We were done with song biscuits, and we started then releasing the animated versions of those as a music video. Let's do that. Um, the backup plan continued. We did the cereal bowl bath on episode five. We really weren't having a lot of guests, but episode fifty five was when we had Shay Mitchell come on because. There was, there was some sort of connection that like 
she actually wanted to come on our show and I had to eat it, I ate a live beetle. I'm not proud of that. Well, and we had episode 45, we had Smosh on the on the show. Yeah, so we started to. You and Anthony at the time. I think we had them on Ear Biscuits and it was like a cross promotion instead of doing a song biscuit. Because uh, mm-hmm. I guess we were done with those. It's like maybe we can double up. And we'd already, we had already gone to Pirates versus Ninjas for Debate-O-Rama. Yeah, that, that. That was the beginning of the end for the debates, if, yeah, I, if I recall d- correctly. It didn't work that well. Episode 91, we did Willet Pie, which is our only Willet on location. Yeah, out in front of the pie hole. Nobody really cared that we, it was interesting, but it wasn't anything to continue. It didn't add anything. No, it didn't add anything. So then which that. I, which I think is an important point to register because this is like, oh, well, this episode required traveling to a place, setting up. Uh, and it's like, oh, this will be cool, breath of fresh air, literally, but also makes p- p- the show feel like it's, it could go anywhere. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it didn't translate into anything else. We could have just been at the desk. Let's just be at the desk. January 2016, season nine, that's when we got a, that new uh, desert intro and it was my new haircut. 2016. Wow, it's been that long. It's been that long. Willets were still the biggest thing, but we were doing games, we were doing ranking stuff, we were still doing lists. Um, episode 43, Can You Hear Colors? So we're doing experiments. I mean, we were we were trying a bunch of different taste test stuff, like the flavored oxygen taste test, physical challenges, like we, we were doing these weird, like we would invent our own physical challenges and that, like magnetized mullets, magnified mazes, like all these weird physical challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't last too long. Uh, but episode 62, I think is still our most viewed video ever, Game Show Cheaters. Amazing Game Show Cheaters. Which was just an anomaly. That thing blew up way after the fact. Something happened Something happened with YouTube's system <laughs> that kept sending this video as a suggested video. It was a, you could see where the views came from, and it was always a suggested video that was popping up for people. And people want to click on that. For and reason. they just like I, the cheater during this. the showcase showdown. Yeah, we put a we uh, you know we put a arrow at the cheater. We had an extras channel that we were doing Good Mythical Crew, but then we moved that show Good Mythical Crew to Saturdays. It's where we would have like. Mike or Alex or Chase, uh, like showing them how they would, what now is behind the mythicality on the mythical society basically, is something that we started in 2016. And it was. Starting, starting to feature the crew and show behind the scenes content. But also there was, you sort of skipped over the middle th- thing because that was, again, it was a Saturday launch for something that then became its own well, channel it for a, it, for a certain it, period it of was, time. There was an extras channel and then we were, it wasn't called This Is Mythical yet and we were moving some, so that was the main thing, the Good Mythical crew. Right, yeah. This is when we broke 10 million subscribers uh, and had our 900th episode. Um, episode 105, Will It Burger, that was the first so jo- this mythical is, chef Josh appearance. Okay, so this is when we broke 10 million because yeah. earlier you said we broke 10 million at the end of 2015. Yeah, it was episode 70, so at the beginning of 2016. Okay. So it was it was still like it's basically still a, a two, two years. Three years. Two yeah. years, almost two years exactly. Um, 
So then Josh showed up, but then he went away again for like a, a, a while. He only helped us in that one episode. And then episode 120, that's when we announced Buddy System season one. So like all of this stuff was happening back then, around this time, season nine going into season 10. Season 10, episode 54, we released Buddy System, we did the Conjoined Twin Challenge, and we, we celebrated our the 1,000th episode. We also did our, it looks like our first ever retrospective episodes around the holidays. Right. Very different thumbnail strategy, like top 10 link gags, ridiculous Rhett reactions, Rhett and Link can't stop laughing. They were shorter, but this was sort of the precursor to what we do now, which is like the top five moments. Yeah, we ended that, right before we did those retrospectives, we released episode 102, which was the international Christmas food. So we, we were we were throwing darts at the end of 2016. So the very, very beginning, the first time we did that, we were already throwing darts. All right, so now we're in January 2017 for season 11. This is when we had a This Is Mythical channel. Okay, we yep. throwing things over there, but we were still doing the Good Mythical Crew episodes, I think on Saturday on, on GMM, but um, we weren't having guests unless we had a connection to them, like Mayim on What's On My Head for episode 33. I was the human nacho in episode 65, episode 69. That, that became a thing. Yeah, that became a thing. Discontinued snack taste test started back then in episode 69. And then after around episode 83 is when we announced Buddy System season two. And that's when we started doing Good Mythical Summer for the first time. Yeah, so a couple of things were happening there. So with Buddy System going into season two at this point, uh, again, we were putting it on the Good Mythical Morning channel. Even though we didn't want to. Uh, and that was just because by that time, again, we were, there's so much focus on GMM and it's so difficult to like keep this level of content up and also make a scripted show, do the podcast, do the weekend series, that it was like, okay, there's not a lot happening on the main channel. It's not, now we just call it Rhett and Link channel because uh, it's definitely not the main channel. So yeah, it was like, this is a little bit weird to put this on GMM, but it probably will get more views. I don't know if that was true, if it, yeah. it would've gotten more views if we well, put it on the Red Link channel, but. We had to announce it during this season so we could explain why we were doing Good Mythical Summer and we were having guest hosts. It's like, why are you guys going away? What is it you're doing? So we would start teasing it. But then it wasn't until season 12 that fall when it actually started coming out. A lot of things happened in season 12. I mean, we had our new stop motion animation. Episode three was our brosectomies. Oh, wow. We released our Book of Mythicality in episode 37 and announced a tour for that. <laughs> episode 44 is it was our first leaving things in, Coke. Episode 52 was our last episode before we switched over to GMN 22 in the middle of the season. Wow, so there was so much stuff happening at this point. I'm thinking about, I'm trying to like think beyond just what was, there's so much happening yeah. with Good Mythical Morning. Yeah. Um, it was, now. I mean, just getting vasectomies would have been enough for that fall. Now, one thing I will say by season 12, which was what year? Do you? 2017. So 2017, like if you go in the back end and you look at the engagement and the views and all that stuff. So again, there was this sort of, incredible time 
of like 2014, 2015, 2016, like this yeah. three year period in which there was this incredible amount of views and incredible amount of audience growth. Like you said, like breaking 10 million subscribers. 2017 sort of represented a little bit of a slow, things were beginning to slow down. Now this wasn't. Well, I would say level out. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, the the growth was the growth was slowing down. Like this yeah. explosive growth was slowing down. And then if you just look at the numbers, what you'll what you won't see is you won't see an episode that has 12, 15, 18, 20 million views like some of those ones right. that had broken out during that time. Now again, that's not a function of a strategy change on our part. It's just a, it's a chain it's a function of a, the change of audience taste and also the YouTube platform. So we so we're kind of like okay this is maybe the new normal for where this thing is shaking out in the meantime doing all this other stuff like you mentioned the book the tour the show and then YouTube knocks on our door and says hey do you want to they actually said do you want to do a, a good mythical night or good mythical evening like a a, a night the a daily nightly show in addition to your daily show. We were like, do you? I mean, there's only two of us. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of help, but there's still only two, the, th these two guys. That turned into, well, let's let's apply those changes to Good Mythical Morning itself, and hence GMM 22. We call it 22 because it was, you know, a half hour of television is actually just 22 minutes of content. So, so we, we were trying to make four videos that totaled up to roughly 22 minutes of content because there was a little bit of a potential hope, and actually we this was discussed, is would maybe that show in its entirety end up on linear television at some point? Like that was, there was a discussion about that. I mean, it was crazy yeah. that that was a discussion, but that was a discussion at some Most point. Most of the discussions were about click the green border. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not, uh, gonna, we're not gonna talk negatively about GMM 22. We, yeah, I, we've, I'm we've only, done enough of I'll that. I'll present the positive sides of it. You know, this was the first, like, we accelerated like how big our team was, how big our set was. All there was an injection of creativity that where we had to make the, all these different videos. We had to make four videos a day instead of one. So we were willing to try things and say, okay, one of these or two of these segments are going to be the things you expect and they're going to perform well. Like episode fifty nine, freezing our bodies. This is gonna work, we're gonna go to a cryogenic therapy place, then we're gonna come back to the set and do Big Mac versus Whopper, mm -hmm. and that's gonna perform really well, and then we're gonna do this silly invention thing where we we ha we wear sauna pants, which we just made, and then we're gonna do this very quick thing called censored kissing game, which the writers really had to push the writers to, to come up with comedy bits that then we could where we could play fun games or or quick improv type things. So we were we were reapplying our efforts and lessons from way back with this is uh, the mythical show, which was a half hour, and saying, "Well, yeah, we're not going to make a thirty minute video. We're going to make each of these internet videos, and then there's room for experimentation." And because of that, we did learn a lot, but we had to do yeah. things like, we have to have a teleprompter. We yeah, this was the beginning this, of this that. Is, this is when we started having a teleprompter instead of like trying to commit stuff to memory for just a few seconds and then say it in twice as much time as it, it needs to take and, to and with a lot more prep than we have time to give to it. And to clarify, okay, so 
when we talk about what's scripted and what's not scripted on Good Mythical Morning. So for a very, very long time, maybe not from the very beginning, but definitely their early seasons, what we had scripted was, okay, at the beginning of this thing, when the camera turns on and we say Good Mythical Morning, the things that we're going to say right at the top are essentially scripted. It started loose and it was like, okay, I've got a little thing I'm gonna say and then yeah. you're like, I, you know, okay, I, here's how I'm gonna react to it. Then it slowly evolved to a place where it was, I think literally written down and right. we would look at it and be like, okay, I think I can, I think I can say that. Again, this is just the intro, just like the first minute or so of the show to kind of, because we wanted to quickly and efficiently get into the good stuff and yeah. set it up in the right way. Orient people, maybe there were rules or whatever. So, yeah, so that was that was the existing system. And then, but what would happen sometimes is we would have this sheet of paper and we'd be trying to get it and we'd go through two, three, four takes sometimes just getting the takeoff of the show done. Which is very frustrating. And it's, it's taking a bunch of time. And, and I think all along, I can't remember who it was, if it was Stevie or whoever it was, was like, what about a teleprompter? We were very anti-teleprompter because if you know what it looks like when somebody's reading a teleprompter, you know what it looks like when somebody's reading a teleprompter, right? Yeah. And then um, that makes it feel, the show feel less authentic. And plus, we were self-conscious about it, but we basically knew we had to, to figure it out. We had to utilize it for the show yeah. openings. And so it was just one of those things that made GMM 22 fell off at the beginning. It wasn't just about the fact that it was the wrong color and that we we're using different cameras. There was a lot of transitions that shouldn't have impacted the audience experience that did because it was a, a there were so many things that we were changing in our experience behind yeah. the scenes. So like using a teleprompter and the specifics of how we were using it. Um, an, but that ended up being a good thing. It's like forcing us to figure out what are our terms for using this tool. We use we learned when not to use it because I think we overdid it <clears throat> in certain times. Yeah, and we also got better at, you know, if you want to look and you want to follow our eyes and get really specific, you I mean you you probably if you watch the show enough you know when it's happening. But we got better at it, so that somebody who's coming into the show for the first time doesn't feel like I'm walking into this stiff newscaster yeah. situation. We also had like writers writing more comedy bits that like we were figuring out: is this for us? Are we? Do we want? Do we enjoy this? Are we good at it? Can we take someone else's joke and say it as our own? Like, there was a lot of, and or or work within an improv bit where it's like we're gonna. You know, we're gonna be sucking helium and saying, and then ranting about things that are, again, on a teleprompter. And a lot of things didn't work, but yeah. it was it was great to have to force ourselves to try these things and at least have these segments that were like our bread and butter and that we knew were gonna work. Uh, we also had guests come in, we had a dedicated, effort to book guests like through traditional means like that. A, a booking agent. That's how you get Weird Al Yankovic to come on the show. That's how you get in touch with Jack Black to come on and sing Silent Night for episode 85. We also at the end of um, that year, episode 84, we we made the Christmas booty music video. Oh, so we decided like, to, 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 to re-engage. And all we had done was announce Buddy System season two. None of it came out until season 13, January of 2018, 
we reduced our number of videos from four to three per episode, but we were continuing to, to do the segmented GMM 22. Um, at the end of 2017, it was during this season that we were releasing Buddy System season two. It was all happening at the same time. Yeah, it's also when I started going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was freaking crazy. Well, man. you know, there's a um, uh, there's a, a couple of other elements too that this is not the kind of thing that we typically think about or talk about, but I'm sure that if we were to talk to some of the folks who work more on the production side of GMM, a lot of the things that we do now in terms of the way thumbnails are created, the way that graphics are created, the way the edit, the editing workflow, the audio workflow. Yeah. All this back end stuff that enables the show to happen every single day, those efficiencies were developed during GMM 22. That's not something that we often think about, but anything that worked, we kept. What didn't work, which namely was doing three or four or five videos every single day, right. didn't work on a number of levels, but, but the there's fact so that, many things that we took forward. Yeah, we learned how to work with guests. And so then, well, I, I won't get ahead of myself because that's the second half of GMM 22 in January 2018. Um, that's episode 12 was when we did Fancy Fast Food, Big Mac. So it's like that is a staple of the Mythical Kitchen channel now. Mm -hmm. We did our first Munch Madness tournament, which I we ultimately we we so that was that, like that was pretty pivotal. Yeah, was it a multi multi day thing? Oh yeah, and then episode one hundred and sixteen, Will It Churro, was the last GMM twenty two. But then the things we continued from there were having guests on the show, you being able to use a teleprompter for the stuff that we just needed to get through, like how a game works right? and the intros. So it was, there was a, like you said, there was a lot of efficiencies that like when we said, okay, in season 14, we're going back to one video a day and then Good Mythical More and that's it. <laughs> and we it now, will forever be that way. We now had this <laughs> capability, we were like, we, if we can make three or four times this amount of content in an episode, then, then we can shoot things more efficiently. We can start shooting more episodes in a day. Well, we can, we can we can we can have more time to work on other things and still keep Good Mythical Morning at at the caliber because that's because one of the things that was happening with the book and the tour and Buddy System, which represented things that we really want to do, they become more difficult to enjoy when you just can't really devote time to them, right? Uh, and then they everything begins to feel a little bit like a burden. Like okay, GMM. When you want to work on this, GMM feels like oh that feels like a burden. Or when, or it's like when you you've got GMM scheduled to shoot and you, well I need to work on this book. That begins to feel like a burden. Yeah, we knew that wasn't sustainable. We also knew the thing that we didn't want to do was stop doing anything. <laughs> right. That's the one thing that we've never really considered is stopping mm -hmm. doing anything. Right. Uh, it's just finding a more efficient way to do it. But the beautiful thing about this is that it solved a lot of problems for us, but then nobody, like, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, I was disappointed when you guys went back to one episode a day. I know that that group of people exist, and you know what, I love you for that. <laughs> but. Um, I think the vast majority of people were happy to get their good old 
traditional GMM back, but we were able to be like, hey, we can actually write this thing or do this thing. Oh no, we didn't do a buddy system season three and we probably never will, but hey, we're trying to do other things. Uh, and we wouldn't be able to do those if we hadn't transitioned back. Season 14, episode 13 is when we did shuffleboard. So it's, you know, we had confidence to do these bigger set pieces like shuffleboard. Um, we also, that's when we released the GMM billboards with the body paint. Well, and, and, and another thing that is beginning to happen here pretty uh, consistently, I would say that it started not, it started during season, it started a little bit during the GMM 22 and then it settles into itself a little bit more in season 14 is there's a thumbnail strategy. There is a face, might be your face, might be my face, yeah. filling about half the screen, there's words on the thumbnail itself, like big bold words. That's happening more and more often, right? And we had a, yep. And then we had a long streak of high performers from episode 29 to episode 36, MRE taste test, six and a half million, leaving things in nail polish, six and a half million, president foods, you remember Jordan was mm -hmm. talking for the. Oh, we're bringing the, I think we're, we're trying to bring that format back very yeah. soon. And this was the season that we launched LTAT. So GMM 22 went away and then LTAT, we did, we started that. Let's keep going into season 15. Okay. I mean, this will start getting quicker because we're getting closer to things that are just new news. January 2019, we had that new collage intro and we were like, we we're doing the Retin Link live shows. Like we started in London. Right. So it was like the concert. Yeah, we got hypnotized. Yeah, you talked about how Finland doesn't exist. Like what's my superhero mask? Like episode 91 was hot food cold versus cold food hot. It's like getting into some of those things that like we're still doing now. Well, from, from it, 2019. It, by the time season 15 rolled around, we were definitely getting this very clear message that was, hey, when you guys eat weird stuff, yeah. or when you guys just eat stuff, or when you guys talk about food, it's gonna get more views. And so the game began or be became finding ways to incorporate food into an episode while it's still doing something completely original that doesn't feel derivative still the the name of the game in a lot of ways. But as you can see, we continue to, and as we continue to continue to, uh, try to find things that aren't eating food that people will get excited about. Yeah, and it, you know, it's like once you get into 2019, we're, we got 16 million subscribers, we're talking about the lost causes of Bleak Creek, we've got Josh doing a show on Sundays mm -hmm. after LTAT, we're launching alternate universe snacks with Wheat Fix, and then we did the Bowie's Creek series, episode 1630. And then we, by the end of that year, um, we had done our Bleak Creek mini tour and that was when we wrapped up LTAT. And then we're, we're all the way to season 17, 2020. Oh dang. Not launching gut check, eating every Ben and Jerry's flavor, not knowing that COVID's right around the corner. So then we had the home epi split screen episodes, then like slowly ramping up our ability to produce back in the studio to the point where by episode 1789, we've got this huge 
putt-putt course. Talking about the most expensive item at 7-Eleven. Yeah, so just in bringing us closer to, bringing us to last year. Yeah, it's it in it's funny as I think and about and the present. You know, okay, going from GMM twenty two. Well, again, you think about the 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 eras and you know that the early GMM of figuring a bunch of stuff out. Ha, then that middle or early middle era that we talked about with the incredible growth and the incredible engagement. Yeah, the takeoff. And then the thing that I think is I wouldn't have been able to process is. Because you could believe, like, if you if you you could think, and I think maybe some people do think this is just like, oh, you guys, you really screwed up when you did when you did the GMM twenty two thing, and that's why their their videos aren't getting twenty million views or whatever. But looking at the what actually happened is there's this incredible growth, and then things sort of settled into a place just because you know that's just the way YouTube works. There's changes that that take place, and we kind of settled into something, and then when we did GMM twenty two. The views actually were in the engagement sort of went up just because there were so many videos. But we abandoned that for all the reasons that we've covered. And then there was things and if the efficiencies. It was a refining, then it moved into a refining phase which that Reddit thread called a renaissance where it was, yeah, it was a reinvigoration of what we do best and doubling down on those things. uh, You know, and so you, you might start to get more homogeneity but to capitalize on the success, and it that was really working within that Renaissance phase. Well, one of the, <laughs> you know, this is the thing that we're always up against, and and I'd, I'd like to spend a little bit of time just talking about the future of GMM. Like, what what are the the next ten years of of GMM? If that's you know, I don't know how long we're going to do the show, but let's just say that as we move into the second decade of GMM, yeah, you know, one of the things that you definitely see, and of course, listen, we you know, we we are very in touch with what. Longtime mythical beast think and and all the opinions that float around and we we value all that we're making this show for you, um, you know we are also frustrated by some of the changes that have taken place on YouTube to reward that homogeneity is that the word uh, of of a of a product and a predictability and things that have led us to yeah the thumbnails pretty much feel the same because whenever we divert from that we get less clicks, right? And that's something that, you know, you look at the most engaging YouTuber on the platform and Mr. Beast and look at his thumbnails, well, he's doing the same thing and he's doing something different, but he's doing it in the same way. He he knows that, that that's the system, right? He's not do, doing the old strategy, which is constantly trying something new. He's like, this is what works. I'm gonna keep doing it for as long as I can. Yeah. It's interesting when you're making a video that's a show that's coming out five times a week and we're getting this feedback that this is what people are clicking on. Obviously, they continue to click on things that are food related. But we, we, you know, we're, we don't just do this show to just fill a gap in our business strategy, right? We, we every day we think about Good Mythical Morning as this is still our bread and butter. Yeah, we want to do other things. We are doing other things, but this is still our bread and butter. This is still something that. Uh, people depend on in in a lot of ways and, and enjoy. It's not just some fluffy product that we want people to just you know. It it's meaningful in people's lives. It's meaningful in our lives. But I, but the thing that we've been talking about recently is as we find ourselves in this platform where consistency and predictability and homogeneity are rewarded, right? 
the more you can kind of center on a strategy on a channel and be like, this is the very specific thing that you're getting from this channel, and this is the very specific thing that you're getting from this channel, we've had this sort of existential crisis that we've been dealing with, which is, well, we're trying to do a variety show. We're trying to do a show that comes out every single day and covers a lot of different ground, but we're doing it in a place where specificity and focus has been rewarded more and more. You know, people who try a bunch of different things are not necessarily getting rewarded. They try a bunch of, and we, we, we were actually, we were watching some TikTok videos last night, as a matter of fact, and talking about this phenomenon on TikTok, where you can look at somebody's channel and be like, oh, this is this guy and he was trying, he's doing like seven different characters and all of a sudden he something clicks with one character and then he fine tunes that character and now every single video is that guy. And are we, and my question was, are we moving into a place on the internet when it comes to internet content where everyone just zeroes in on the particular thing that is working and then they, it's like you've got this, uh, forgive the analogy, you've got this cow that's got uh, udders and then you're like, oh, everything's coming out of this teat. Let's just focus on this teat and you just, and this is what the internet does. The internet sends you to a particular teat and you keep going back to that teat. Sucks the life out of a teat. And you're gonna suck that teat clean and, off. And what we, we, what we are committed to doing, both as, as a company, as a brand, with our whole suite of content and everything we're doing, and in, including GMM, is we want you to suck on every teat. You know, we don't wanna just suck, we don't wanna just give, we don't wanna just keep putting one teat out there for you yeah. to suck on. It sounds embarrassing, but I have to agree. We've got lots of teats and we want you to suck on all of them to equal degrees. I and think so, there's a there's a focus that's what now. I, as I think about the future I'm just thinking about the, the continuing to make sure the udder is is got lots of teats and it's not just a one teat. We have a loyal viewership of mythical beasts that are going to watch no matter what. And what we're realizing is that like this presents an opportunity for us and our and the team to say okay, we are going to determine to continue to experiment, to assert that we are more than just people who shove food in our face. Yeah. And we need to take risks creatively and we need to say, we need to try different things and continue the story. You know, there's ebbs and flows. There's like, okay, we tried this thing, we're gonna, and then it, maybe you say the whole thing didn't work. It's like, that's not true. There's always things that carry on from everything you try. Yeah. And yeah, even the things that don't work lead they they help direct you into the future. So okay, yeah. now we're going to run interference on this. But I think that that's that's where we're at with GMM is saying okay, what how does it continue to evolve? You know, and it's and how do we earmark a certain number of episodes where we're going to continue to push innovation and experimentation uh, within the parameters of us being able to. You know, show up and and do it within the con the construct of the show. Yeah, and this has been, you know, frankly, uh, with the pandemic, this has been a this has been a, we've had a great great time during the pandemic as a company. Uh, our team has been incredible, being able to produce the show that we've been able to produce. It's just phenomenal what we've been able to do. But it's been tough. It's been tough on our team. It's been tough on our our writers, especially who are isolated. 
You know, it's like we have a production crew that comes in and it, but it's still a, it's still less than what we had pre-pandemic, right? And you know, we don't just bring in all the 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 writers all the time because it's just unnecessary risk at this point, but we're believe that we're in, we're getting towards the end of this thing and we're going to get back to whatever our new normal is. One of the things that it just I'm just to say I'm saying this because there's a level of excitement around the show. Yeah. And and I think that as we think about not having the restrictions of a pandemic, getting our crew back here in this building, not yet, as soon as it's safe. Um, I mean, I'm talking about everybody back. Um, and d really doubling down. I, I, I think I'm just saying this to say that when I think about the future of GMM, I, even already this year, like me and you have been thinking about it and been engaging with it in a way that, you know, because we do so many other creative things and we have such a great team, there are times where I kind of like, I don't really have to think about GMM right now. I can just be, I can just show up and be a part of the episodes in the way that I am, but I'm not, I don't have to think about, I don't have to think about the future of it and like, what, where are we going with this? But right now, there's this focus on this is something special and this we're not gonna just, it's not gonna just fade off slowly uh, and, and be this thing that is just a relic of the internet. Like the the focus right now is like, hey, you know, this is incredible that we're, we've been doing this for a decade and there's been ups and there's been downs. We've learned a whole lot, but we're not just trying to settle into a comfortable thing. Like we're still trying to innovate, we still will innovate. We're gonna be trying newer, bolder things this year than we did last year. You know, we've never been more focused on that. And the appreciation that I have with the, this process that I went through looking back through all of this is that like, it's a continuation of what we've done. It's like the reason why the show has gone on so long and will continue to go on is that it's constantly changing. It's not, it's never, it's never just one thing. And it's most, it's most usually changes are not drastic, but they're, you know, they're over the, you know, you discover things, you realize we discovered things and then you apply yeah. those things. And so that's gonna continue to happen. I don't, so I don't anticipate uh, an, a drastic change in Good Mythical Morning, but I fully expect a continued evolution of the show and I do sense that we're at a juncture where over the course of this year, mm -hmm. it's going to, as we, you know, we spent our time looking backwards over 10 years, we've done our celebration and now it's, all right, we're, we're continuing to push forward creatively. Yep. And, and, it, and so that we can define what this show is gonna look like 10 years from now. Yeah. Over time. And like you said, you know, and, and this is actually one of the things that's given us this sort of, I think, a newfound sense of, uh, we, we, we tend to, like lots of people in this business and lots of people in entertainment in general and probably just lots of people around the world, sometimes you begin to let a little too much fear creep into the way that you think about things, right? Yeah. So I think when, you, when you've been doing something like this for as long as we have and you've kind of experienced the level of success that we have and you've seen ups and downs, anytime there's a down, fear creeps in. It's like, oh, well, okay, what, uh, 
But, and then you, fear doesn't lead to innovation. A lot of times, for a lot of times for people, fear leads to taking less risks. You get scared and then you're like, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go into the deep end. I don't wanna try that. Um, and we kind of recognize that. And of course we've had the restrictions of the pandemic which have restricted the ability to really innovate in big ways. But because we have that, the I don't know what the number of people specifically is, but there are a number of you out there who like Link said, you watch every single day. Like you're just a GMM watcher. It's part of your daily routine or maybe you watch it all on Saturday. But through the ups and downs and the changes you've watched the show. And you actually give us the ability to take risks because what we found is, well, regardless of what we do, there's a certain number of people who are like, hey, I'm showing up, this is what I do. I support you guys. That, knowing that and embracing that has really given us this this confidence to be like, man, we can, you really can't, they've got nothing to lose by really getting experimental. Yeah, it's a great, great place to be in to, to have 10 years under our belt and to know that we've got that that loyal connection with with those mythical beasts and uh it's it's extremely comforting and it's it it makes this exciting and and you know what as much as we talk about clicks and views and the reason we talk and think about that is because we're trying to support a business here with a lot of staff um but when we think about GMM, I think I speak for both of us when I say this, when we think about GMM and we think about what we're doing and we think about the person that we're talking to, I'm not thinking about that person who just clicks on a video every once in a while. No. I'm thinking about the person who, I'm thinking about a mythical beast. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about a mythical beast who is coming back, you know? When we, when we, when we continue a dumb bit I don't re-explain the bit like this is your first time. I just take it for granted that this bit is for you who've been watching, you know? Yeah. And if you if you're if you are watching for the first time, well you'll catch up. You'll catch on, you know? It's like stepping into a game after everybody started playing it. You'll figure it out. I think um I anticipated that I would be a lot more sentimental at celebrating 10 years well, of GMM. Um well, I think the reason why is because it's not over, you know. It's we're already looking forward. Yeah, and we—I don't think we've ever stopped looking forward. So yeah, it's nice to look back and celebrate and on GMM over this past week to do that, and it has been special. But having this overwhelming sense of—I'm not going to say we're just getting started because that's cheesy. Well, we're no, not. No, we've the, done this for ten years. Actually, we're saying that at the beginning yeah, of every episode this season. We're just getting started. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, it ain't over. So I, I, I'm not prone to get too sentimental about something that I'm in the middle of and very excited about and as we look forward. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that, no tears. Yeah, I mean, if the show, if the show ends at some point, uh, which for whatever reason it will, I mean, it, it, there's, there's gonna be some circumstances that lead to it ending at some point, uh, I'll cry then. Shit right. Yeah, shit right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, shit right, man. Uh, okay, I I got a quick wreck. Um, I've been listening to the Audible version of the book Will, Will Smith's oh, autobiography. Smith. Seeing the cover. Um, you know, being a huge fan of, like being our age 
like growing up and experiencing like the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince era as a middle schooler and really loving music documentaries. Like I love the first third of his book because it was about that. And so if you're my age and you're into that stuff, you'll be into hearing the stories behind the, the making mm. of everything that led to like those first two albums. And then the stories of him, the story of him getting to be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, there's some shorter stories out there on YouTube that are absolutely amazing. But hearing it, hearing him perform his book, he doesn't just read his book, he performs his book. Like he does impressions of every single, of so many people. <laughs> and you can tell it's like, these are like his grandma and Jeff and uh, Quincy Jones. And so it's really great stories. And then I gotta say, I wasn't a huge fan of Will Smith, the actor. I was just, you know, more of the musician and 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 the uh, and, and Fresh Prince. But it was, I, did, I actually couldn't have told you that like, yeah, he was he was pretty much for a long time the biggest star on the planet. Like, yeah. it's, it seems very obvious, but like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of his movies, but then seeing that and like, I, so as a as a business owner and leader, I enjoyed the second half of the book in terms of like him saying, okay, as an artist, this is what I'm going after and this is the team I'm surrounding myself with and this is how we're gonna go about it. Hmm. And there's also the the um, the partner uh, aspect of like, um, you know, being a husband, being a dad, like all that stuff was pretty cool too. Um, it's pretty inspiring, a lot of fun to listen to, some really good stories in there. So uh, if if that floats your boat, I highly recommend it. Will. Will, the Audible book. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for 10 years if, if you're one of those. Here's the 10 more. Yeah. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. <laughs>